Hello, Flower Tribe, and welcome to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers. This is a weekly discussion centered around unifying, uplifting, and connecting women. It is a space to share stories and spread wisdom amongst ourselves and leave a little mark for the rising generations. I am your podcast host, Courtney Brookins, with the focus of helping you bloom into your best self. Alrighty, hello Flower Tribe, and today we have joining us a very awesome guest, Afia Wisby-Webb. Afia, say hello. Hi. Hi. So Afia is a, a mother. Um, she is homeschooling her children, and they are leading a plant-based lifestyle. So before I give away too much of Afia's why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So my name is Afia Webb. I live in Milton, Massachusetts. I'm originally from Macon, Georgia. And I became vegetarian in 2007. Okay. So, yeah, I became vegetarian in 2007. Um, we have three kids uh, and one on the way doing April. Woohoo! And- congratulations. All right, thanks. And our three kids are also vegetarian. Um, but my husband is not a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. So. Yeah. The vegetarianism is strictly limited to yourself and the kids. Yeah, I haven't been able to convince my husband to come over yet. But okay, he he likes to barbecue and he likes smoky meat flavors and stuff like that. So it's hard to it's hard to talk about it. But one day, one day, one day. So he he's a full fledged meat eater, right? Oh yeah, full fledged meat eater. I asked him other day, "Is there any meat you won't eat?" And he was like, oh, if it tastes good. I was like, would you eat horse? He was like, sure. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nay, right? I know. <laughs> Put that on the grill. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, that's quite an interesting story. So I'm going to want to kind of just, like, dive into both pieces because being a homeschooling parent and a majority vegetarian household has like just some very interesting aspects to it I'm sure yeah well um when the kids were little we used to go to this farm and um there were like there was like a giant pig they would like take one pig and get it real fat and take it to market and they would sing this song about take the pig to market and I was like they're gonna kill it (laughs) the kids (laughs) were like what Oh no. Yeah. I was like, bacon and sausage. I was like, it comes from that pig. And they were like, oh my gosh, how did they do that? That's so terrible. And I was like, it's not terrible once you taste it, you know? Right. And I remember at the same farm, we went to, um, they had uh, like an Easter egg thing, but you get the egg from the chickens. So they were going to chicken pen in the chicken coop. And they would like gather the eggs and the eggs were warm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they learned about, you know, how chickens lay eggs. They have eggs just like how me and you have eggs, right? But right. some are fertilized and some aren't. Mm-hmm. And so the unfertilized eggs are the ones you eat and the fertilized ones are the ones that had those little chicks in there. So they were trying to 
you know, tell the kids which ones are fertilized and which ones aren't. And I was like, hey guys, this, yep, you're like omelets. And they were like, what? This is, <laughs> this is it? Right. Okay. Yeah. So they had like a visual picture for where their food was actually coming from. Exactly. But mm. they still eat eggs. Oh, okay. So uh, I believe, what is that term? Is it lacto-vegetarian? Ovo-lacto-vegetarian. Ovo-lacto, thank you. Okay, so they still eat eggs. Now, do you eat eggs? No, I don't eat eggs. Okay. Yep, no, I don't eat eggs. So I'm in the, like, once they get a certain age, I went in the try meat. So I was like, tell them, you know, you know, think about what age, you know, you should have a, everyone should have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay. (laughs) Just to feel like, you chose that lifestyle as opposed to your mama telling you you had to do it or whatever. Oh, and you know what? And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to jump into the idea that I know I've heard a lot of conversations centered around like vegetarianism and it should be a child's choice whether they want to um, lead or live that lifestyle. And so from basically what you're sharing, you do believe that that should be your children's choice. Yeah, I think everyone should choose. They should choose, you know, but there's some things like in our house that they're not going to be able to choose. Like if our daughter wants a perm, my husband's (laughs) not going to let that happen. That's like, because he believes that, you know, perms are very dangerous. The chemicals leach into your brain, like they've done autopsies on black women. And they found perm chemicals on their brain. So like some, some things just aren't safe, but food, you know, food is okay. But just because you're vegetarian, doesn't mean you're healthy because you know you can eat a lot of junk even being vegan you can eat like sugar bread you can eat cinnamon rolls and they're vegan rolls but right I have that conversation all the time because I'm vegan and I'm like you know there's a a healthy and unhealthy lifestyle to pretty much all diet that's true that's true Mm -hmm. so you can eat meat and still be healthy because you're eating a little bit of meat in a good portion and a lot of vegetables or, exactly. Yeah. Or, or like I could, we we could go in on some, you know, on some pastries, on some vegan tasty things that aren't <laughs> good for you, you know. Because there are some tasty ones, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some really good bakeries out there. Right. Right. So, so you say you want to give their children choice, and I and I love the fact that you are including their opinion on that. And I too just want to sidebar. Also love the idea that your husband is saying absolutely no perms. Um, I think there's definitely danger connected to that. But kind of going back to focusing on the vegetarianism, um, if you're going to allow your children to have the option of choice, was there a reason why you didn't start off with meat and then flip it? Was that like a household decision or? Yeah, well, I, I don't cook meat. Oh. Because I feel like if I can't taste it and tell you that I think it's okay, it, that's just mean. <laughs> so I used to cook meat, and then I was just like, you know what? Is this really done? So I just stopped cooking meat at some point. Okay. Plus, I don't think that meat is safe necessarily. Okay. Unless it's like organic mm-hmm. or something. Okay. But I feel like growing up, meat was different. And okay. now things are just bathing antibiotics and chemicals. So maybe. If the meat industry was different, I would have felt like it was okay to give it to them early. But now I kind of want to like build up their systems and then later maybe introduce what I feel are known toxins. Cause like, my, <laughs> yeah, my okay. father in law, he used to tell this story about 
because um, he, he used to go to his uh, grandmother's farm during the summer, and he would talk about when they would kill chickens. And so a okay. chicken, you would see a chicken, and you would choose a chicken, then you would rain the chicken's neck, right? Oh my you would, goodness. like, um, and then you would, you know, take the feathers off the chicken. That's how people used to eat meat. Right. You knew what it ate. You saw it. Right. You knew where it came from. You're right. <laughs> it's like really local, organic, free range, you know? And that's what people, that's the kind of meat people used to eat, you know? But okay. now, kind of like, I feel like a lot of meat is just like soy fillers anyway. So I might as just might as well just eat the soy and not worry about whatever antibiotic lace things might be also in these chicken nugget that's in the shape of a dino, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like a mystery, you know? Right. Yeah. So so right now are the kids uh, asking a lot of questions as it relates to meat or do they not even I mean, because I'm thinking they're homeschooled, so they're not necessarily around classmates who are eating meat and things like that, which are creating that temptation. Yeah, you know, sometimes they get confused. Like, we'll go places, and they'll say, mm-hmm. who wants some chicken nuggets? So we eat chicken nuggets, but it's not really uh-huh. yeah. any chicken. So someone will say that somewhere else, and they'll think that it's, you know, our, the, you know, what we eat at home. So sometimes right. they'll be like, well, what can I get in it? And I'm like, oh, that's real chicken. They'll be like, oh. But we've oh. never had an incident where they've been like, mama, please, but mama, mama. <laughs> they've never, once they figured out that it was meat, I think it's still kind of unknown to them and still right. kind of like, they're not sure if it's safe. And I think they see me, I think that if I eat meat now, because I haven't eaten meat since 2007, I think mm. I would get sick. Okay. Yeah, like sometimes, like in the south, they cook greens with like little bits of meat, and I think right. that'll be okay. But I think if I like been to a chicken leg or something, I'm always telling the kids, "Oh man, I think I would get sick." So I think they think they might get sick too. Okay, so it's like this association because Mama can't have it. Exactly. It's gonna do the same thing to my body. Yeah, yeah. I think they yeah. Okay. Yeah. That totally that totally makes sense. So they kind of understand a little bit. Do they kind of understand a little bit? You mentioned like the um, antibiotics and and just all the issues that are circled around meat. Do the do your kids kind of already understand some of the reasons why you're hesitant with them eating it at this point? You know, I don't think so. I've never like gotten a um, a book about that or. I've never like watched, you know, made them watch PETA videos about how chickens are treated and how the yeah. chickens are like kept. I've never. Because those can be really like yeah. <laughs> tormenting. Yeah, I haven't done that. Yeah. But they have heard um, my nephews live in Atlanta okay. and they recently decided. So they don't eat pork or beef, but they, okay. and I don't think, I don't think they eat fish. But they used to eat chicken. But okay. they were going to the grocery store and they saw a dead bird. Oh no. A green dead bird. And they were like, uh, they were like, ooh, ooh, it's a bird. Ooh, ooh. And then they were like, oh my gosh, chicken's a bird. And they were like, we're never eating chicken. Oh um, no. Since they saw that, they were like, I'm never eating chicken. They were traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> and they, our kids have heard them say that. Oh, it's nasty. Oh, look at that. How do they get the if it's a chicken, why don't why doesn't it have feathers? 
So I think okay. I may be thinking about animal cruelty maybe through the lens of their cousin stories, but I haven't told them any. Oh, well, you know, that's perfect because they kind of have, like, as you said, they live in Atlanta, so you kind of have, like, a a digital or a phone network, if you will, with their with their cousins. Yeah. Helping them to stay the course. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I know that your kids are being homeschooled, and I really just want to jump into, like, the social aspect of that. But before we do, what, so what does this homeschooling situation look like? Like, what does it mean for when you say that your children are being homeschooled and what does the educational model look like? Like, just can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, I went to public schools, um, K through 12. My husband, same thing. Um, my mom taught in the public school. Mm-hmm. Um, my granddad <laughs> was a... Uh, a biology teacher my you know our grandma was an English teacher our granddad right. became a public school assistant principal so mm-hmm. public school was like really big yeah and so we're actually doing online public school oh yeah so it's okay. so there's different models for homeschool exactly mm-hmm. plus um so I really I believe that public schools are a great thing but okay. um for my lifestyle, a public school wouldn't necessarily work. So my husband, he works um, flexible hours at work. So okay. a lot of times he comes home later. So okay. we keep the kids awake so we can eat dinner together. Oh, that's, I, I like that. <laughs> but if we that's did so regular public school, they would have to be in bed at seven. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we did that, they would only see them on the weekend. Oh, so we okay. kind of shifted our whole life around the idea that we have dinner together every night. Okay. Yeah, and I really want to do that because we don't have any family around, so it would be kind of okay. weird to not see your dad and not see anyone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's an important part of the household, definitely. Yeah, plus I want to like try to have their lives be family-centric and not peer-centric. I know they'll yeah. get to a point where they care all about their friends and what their friends, whatever, whatever. But as long as possible, I want them to, you know, look forward to eating together and look forward to, you know, it's talking around the dinner table and that kind of thing. So, oh, that's beautiful. Yes, our school model is based around our family model, but I do like public schools. Okay, so you all selected this model purely because you wanted to have it mirror or be reflective of your household needs yeah and I think uh what well, like in homeschooling there's a range like in Massachusetts mm-hmm. where we live a third of the students are unschooled so unschooled is where you don't have a curriculum and you kind of learn as you go which is a very like if you think about how the bible talks about how you should raise your kids right mm-hmm. the bible says that you should like train them up as you go telling them stories about what the Lord has done. You know what I'm saying? So unschooling is probably the most biblical model as you go through life. Okay. You point out something, you you you, you quote a scripture, you pray for somebody, you do this, okay. you point some, you know. But okay. we don't unschool because I'm just not an unschooled person. I know this. <laughs> I'm very, I like curriculum. I like standards. I like the idea of common core. Like having a unit. And so does a public school have curriculum standards and common core all connected to it? Yeah, so we have we, we do normal common core lessons. 
So we have friends who are in, you know, normal public schools and we have the same lessons that week. And I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to pause you there. Common core for anyone who's listening and they're unsure of what that means. Mm -hmm. um, Could you like break that down for our listeners? Yeah. So common core is like a national curriculum standard. So you have, it was like controversial years ago Mm -hmm. where some states didn't want to adopt common core some states liked it some states didn't and some people were like we don't like it because it's funded by the gates foundation and they're liberal and they're trying to you know change our books or make us all into factory workers or whatever they were saying but (laughs) right i like having the idea of like as americans there's very little things that we have in common people live on different coasts have different climates I like mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, as Americans, if you come through an American school, that there's a standard, you know, and I know there's like individual needs that you need to learn Georgia history, Massachusetts history, Illinois history. But I like mm-hmm. the idea that there's a standard. There's like a right. Yeah, that there's a floor and that you go from there. But that like kids in the hood and kids in a nice neighborhood can all have the same standard. Right, kind of helps to advocate for equality within the education system. Yeah, yeah. And some places, like, uh, focus too heavy on one thing and not on the other. So it kind of gives you opportunity to balance out your education. Right. Yeah. Balance is key in life, right? (laughs) And in schooling. Yeah. So you have these standards, you have this curriculum. So then, but it's public school. So I know that... I know that our listeners are probably a little bit like, can you ex- wanting you to expand a little bit more on that? Because is it like a public school teacher who's coming online on a computer or are you guys meeting in a separate location? Like what does, what does this look like? Yeah. So um, we do most of our lessons on Monday. So, okay. Which is not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like we can get all of our book work done, all of our writing, all of our math practice done in one day then the rest of the week we can do the other things that we really want to do. So we do all of our book work on Monday. And then on Tuesday through Friday, he has live lesson with his public school teacher. And um, she goes over the things that were in the lessons that week. Um, She does pop quizzes. She makes them read out loud to the group. She breaks them into reading groups at where there are different reading levels. So she puts kids who can read on the same level together. She has them team read to each other. Um, And we do that for an hour a day uh, on Tuesday through Friday. Okay. Yeah. And then we do, we have some mom, I call it mom school, things that I assign for the kids to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we have like some co-ops and classes that we're taking. So we sprinkle that out through Tuesday through Friday. Yeah. Okay, so Tuesday through Friday, the kids only have one hour where there actually has to be screen time. But for the rest of the time, it is cooperative learning or I'm assuming you're creating like some project-based learning or, or, or other things that are following the unschool model. Like, I don't know, I might be reaching here. I'm just trying to understand yeah. what the, a day in the web house looks like. So Monday, we call it our terrible day. We do all of our public school work in one day. So it normally okay. goes from like, and this is terrible, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Oh, but my goodness. I noticed that. But we take breaks. <laughs> okay. But we have to get through okay. all of our lessons. So I like that because I like when 
his teacher talks about it, you've already seen it. So right. if she's saying it, it's review to you. So you, I expect you to know. If it's a pop quiz, you know the answer because we already did it on one day. You know what I'm saying? So okay. It's not a good idea to do all of your work on one day, but I like the idea that when his teacher says it, it's review to him. So on Tuesday, he has lessons with her. And that's for an hour. But then after that, we start my mom's school. So um, it, so on Tuesdays, he also practices Scratch. So Scratch is like a kid-friendly computer programming language that's based off of Python. Okay. Yeah. And so this week, he's been practicing or he's been working on building a Pong game. I don't know if you know Pong, where you like, there's two discs on the side and the ball is going between them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's doing Pong, but he's using uh, a soccer ball instead. So he's been okay, going so through. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so he, it's still screen time, but he's been going through programming tutorials to to do that. So last week he did a hide-and-seek game where he like made this animal disappear and you click on the screen and then it pops up after you find where it's hidden and then it says something silly. The week before okay. that, he like animated his name. So he wrote his name and oh, made it pop cool. up and dance in a certain way. So Yeah. Yeah. So we do that. So the so the public school when you begin your day with public school and you're online. Yep. That online schooling is he by himself? Oh no, there he has. Um, so he's in the second grade. Okay. Uh, oh, this is in the second grade, and so uh, he's on there with his teacher, and maybe twenty other students. There are twenty students, twenty second graders. Yep. Logged onto one computer. Can they see each other? Yep, they can see each other, and. Certain days, there are more kids than others, and she'll have like a pair of pro. So the teacher has a pair paraprofessional and the teacher in a full classroom, and all twenty kids are logged in and are expected to do pop quizzes as well as read alouds. Yep. Now the pop quizzes, what what does that look like? So it'll it'll like in social studies, they're studying like. The Constitution. So she'll ask questions like, "What branch of government?" And she'll say, "Rupert." And they have to go. He have to turn on his mic and answer the question. Or she'll have okay. like a, she'll have a like a poll that'll come up. She can ask questions, and then you click on the answer, and then as you click, you can see how the class is voting. And she'll okay. Oh, like everyone's saying it's the Constitution. Does anyone want to change their answer? So there their class polls and then their their uh, oral responses. Yeah, and sometimes okay. there she'll put like a slide up and she'll make someone write something in the blank or circle something that's the right answer. Yeah, okay. to get them to draw. Okay. Things. Yeah. Oh wow! And I'm just thinking. So what? What? And then what role does the paraprofessional? If you all are unfamiliar with the term, paraprofessional is uh, synonymous with teacher's aide. So what? What is the paraprofessional doing to support the learning environment? Uh, so she'll, um, if the class is really big, she'll, um, the teacher would divide the class in half, and the parapro would take half of the class and do the exact same lesson. So that way. They'll be there. all on the computer, all on the computer. So they'll oh like divide God. it in half. So you, you'll only see the screen with the pair pro and half of the kids. It'll seem like the other half of the kids aren't there until the end of the lesson. And she'll bring everybody together and she'll normally say something silly or something like that. Okay. Or the, the teacher is the teacher in 
um, Boston, the Boston area, or yeah. it's the teacher? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's in, it's a state charter school. It's an online public charter school. And so, um, yeah, she's in state. We have field trips. So we'll probably see her tomorrow. We have a tour to state house um, as a school. Oh, wow. So there is social interaction because the students are interacting with each other on the computer, but they also get to physically come and be in front of each other for field trips. Yeah. So tomorrow we're going to the state house and on Friday we have a field trip to go pumpkin picking. So they have like educational stuff and fun stuff. And how often do the children get this opportunity to come together and socialize with one another? Well, they have field trips maybe every week, but you don't have to go to them all. You just kind of go to the ones that you think are cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very nice. So uh, this is good, Afia, because this is kind of like um, debunking the myth that homeschool children and I know they're homeschool public school children uh feels like a mouthful I'm still adjusting to that but there's this idea that they don't get the opportunity to socialize but through the structure that your specific family has I'm learning and I'm hoping the listeners are learning that that's not necessarily true that there are social aspects built into the homeschooling model yeah yeah you can definitely be social if you want to but a lot of homeschoolers aren't interested in the socialization. Okay. Yeah. They kind of think that socialization, that the innovation in socialization in the last 15 years has been bullying. That socialization mm-hmm. in school has gone in a bad direction. So they're not right. necessarily, or maybe they're homeschooling because they've had bad socialization experiences in school. <laughs> right. So right. Not- so some of these parents have chosen this way so that they can avoid the bullying that's going on in schools oh wow okay detox from it you hear that a lot detox or they need to like de-school for a while because they've had too much talk on the bus about nonsense or so that's homeschool lingo detox de-school yeah you have to Um, de-school yeah this is one family we met and you know they're a white family they adopted two black kids okay and um on the bus, the kids were saying, man, if I had white parents, I would kill myself. You should just kill yourself. And then, the, you know, the mom found out. She was like, what? This is crazy. And right. So, you know, so hurtful. To, yeah, she's trying to switch buses and she doesn't want her kids to actually start, you know, considering suicide. And then the kids are confused because they don't know if these kids are trying to help them. But I don't know. Right. They're like, are they trying to be friendly to me? Are they trying to solve a problem that I don't know what I have but it was just she was they just had it like completely they moved they took out the kids out of school it was just like uh they wanted to unplug completely from the social environment they were in because mm. they're but now with with you guys still socializing as far as like going on field trips and as far as even the computer interaction have you seen any forms of bullying or maybe just classmates not being so nice to each other because those opportunities seem like that they would certainly still be there yeah 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 they're still you know when you when there are people there are problems period you know what I'm saying <laughs> that's very simply put right yeah that's real but the, the the thing is now that you always have an adult around an adult around normally so you, mm-hmm. it's easier to see what the problems are okay and then but then the question is you know, are your values the same as the values of the parent? 
So mm. like now that is the question, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to um like pick your groups wisely. Okay. Yeah. If some of this group picking, I know that you all said that you go to you said that you go to like some co-ops. Is that another opportunity for you all to socialize? And can you be in a, um, intentional about your like, well, you know what? Let me stop here. What is co-oping? Because maybe everyone doesn't know what that is. Yeah. So co-ops are, you have a range of co-ops. They're different kinds. So you have some that are just like, we are meeting at the pond. We go to one like this on Friday. Meet us okay. at the pond. That sounds awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Meet us by the pond. We're going to do something silly every week. So, like, okay. um, we go to the pond. One week, they were tying knots. They were showing all the kids how to tie knots like sailors. So, they learned, like, a couple of knots. Another week, they were doing, like, a leaf scavenger hunt. Um, this week, uh, EMT is saying, what will happen if you fall into the pond? You know, so mm. it's something. So, some co-ops are just like, let's meet. Let's be outside. And let's learn a little something, but not dive too deep. Okay. You have some co-ops that are like college. You have to pre-register. You have to sign a statement at the beginning. You have to pay. You can't bring older siblings or younger siblings because they make too much okay. noise. They're like a traditional school. You have to teach classes or they won't let you in. They have a okay. statement of values. If you don't believe oh, wow. these things, then don't sign up. Um, but we, we don't do those. Those are too much work. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of commitments that you're having to put into this. Yeah, but some of those, like my friend Preeti, um, she's Indian. Okay. She goes to a co-op like that. And her kids are like learning Latin. It's cool. It's cool. Like sometimes are her children being homeschooled as well? Yeah, pre pretty homeschools. Okay. But she's always okay. talking about like being Indian and homeschooling is different because Indian people know don't homeschool, right? Right. <laughs> so she's okay. always she kind of joined this co-op because there's some other Asian families in there. And okay. so it kind of gives makes her kids not always feel like they're the only Indian kids. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So that they can have some other uh, people who have a similar background to them. Exactly. But now the co-ops, is this something that you would say is just like um, something that more so takes place with parents who homeschool their children? Or do you see some some families that utilize public re- the public public education system and still join the co-ops um where the co-ops are normally during the day it's like a this is terrible it's like a snobby homeschool thing that you want to like get everything done when the mainstream kids aren't around okay i know this this sounds terrible but that's how we. it sounds honest yeah it sounds honest it sounds so honest how did you all find this elite group <laughs> since you you preface it with being kind of like a, a snobby group I know well you might it's like oh let's meet at the museum of science and let's do some experiments but if you go after school it's crowded you see what I'm saying okay so you okay. do everything if you can when the mainstream kids are in school because that way you can you can like we, we go by the pond after after 3 30 
everyone's there. Okay. So you have to go before they get out of school so you can just kind of chill, have a beach to yourself, uh, lay around and read. Because once the mainstream kids get out of school, everybody gets like a foot of beach and then it's time to go. <laughs> gotcha. It definitely, I can see getting crowded. I keep hearing you use the term mainstream kids. Is that something that is also another homeschooling term to describe uh, the students in public schools? Yeah, mainstream. Yep. Okay. So, like, I have some friends who homeschool some kids, and then they mainstream some of their other kids, and that's what they call oh, wow. that's what they call their kids that they put in school. They call them mainstreamed. Yeah, but so some people, yeah, some people just choose it for certain kids and not for all the kids. Okay. Yeah. So for the kids that are going into these co-ops, the co-ops that you're finding, whether it's your friend or yourself, how are you guys? finding them what resources are you using to find these co-ops uh, a lot is on facebook um some things are word of mouth um okay normally there's like a couple moms who are like gateway moms and they know everything so if you just find one of those moms then they can tell you <laughs> they can like give you the rundown of go here don't go here try this don't try that that same kind of so it goes back to a fundamental concept which is it's not always what you know it's who you know yeah yeah and homeschools Mm -hmm. are normally willing to share information because it's kind of like uh um no one knows what they're doing okay you know no one knows what they're doing so everyone is doing it by trial and error so they're willing to share what they've learned okay yeah okay yep so now with the whole it sounds like there's so many things that you're still figuring out which is wonderful because you're educating us in this process you're saying you're figuring out like the vegetarianism and the homeschooling uh, but you've come up with a system that works for you and your family Um, Now, in the pure spirit of the One Sun, Three Flowers movement, I have to ask, as a wife and a a homeschooling mother and just all these phenomenal things that you have circulating around you, how do you find that time um, and that peace of mind for yourself? Like, how can you practice self-care when you're being uh, stretched in so many different directions? Yep. Well, uh, like as a mom in general, it's easy to burn out, you know, because everybody needs you to do everything right now, you know. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And so, but as a homeschool mom, it's easy to get wrapped up in that because, you know, if our kids were mainstreamed, then it would be clear when school would end. You know, mm. school ends at, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock, I don't know. And then you have your homework, and then after you do that and your sports, then it's done, you know? Right. But there's like a a perpetual uh, maybe fear that comes along okay. with homeschooling where it's all on you, you know? Okay. So it's not like you can blame the teacher. You are the teacher. You can't blame the principal because you are the principal. I mean, Rupert has a teacher, but basically I teach him all his lessons on Monday. So I'm still his. They call it a learning coach. I'm his learning coach. Okay. So it's something the, the ball dropped. I dropped it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so, that's a lot of. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. 
So I forget when I started reading my Bible. I got saved. So I stopped eating meat in 2007. And that's when I started my dreads. I, I stopped getting a perm in 2001. So I got saved in 2001. Okay. I started reading my Bible probably in 2002. Okay. And, um, so I grew up in the church, but okay. I never heard anybody reading their Bible. Like we would keep our Bible in the car so we could have it real quick when we got to church on Sunday. You just take that back seat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So like nobody really like read their Bible. And so oh, I forget how I started reading it. I think John was going to this church in Atlanta and I started going with her and her roommate. And they always tell me, read the Bible, but you got to read it. So I started reading it then. Okay. But before I had kids, I could read it anytime. But now I got this like school all the time model going where you can right. get like, you school in the morning, school at night, school don't stop, you know, right. this fear. So I read my Bible early in the morning before the kids are up because okay. they, they want something. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. <laughs> so I got to get up. I get up at six and I call my middle sister. And then we pray. And because her kids have to go to school, so we got to make sure she's up. And then I text my dad and send him a picture of the kids. And then I call my older sister. But I know we just leave her a message because she ain't making up lately. I'm not sure. Well, she's having issues with her phone. That's what's going on right now. Okay. But I sent her a text. But I know she's okay because I see her doing stuff on Facebook. Okay. But I sent her a picture and then I read my Bible. And that kind of like helps me deal with the fear of not just being a homeschool mom, but just being a mom in general. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like being a mom is like unpaid internship. Mm. You know, you're like working, you're learning, you're on the job training. You like I ain't getting paid. You ain't getting paid, right? <laughs> but you you learn a lot, right? And you're hoping you get a promotion. But right. you know, as a mom, your next promotion is just grandma, and grandma is just watching your grandkids. You know, so it doesn't necessarily you don't get money or status or anything from it. So I try to read my Bible to make so I can get my mind in the frame of my treasure being in heaven. Because okay. if I look for any kind of and this is sad, but if you look for rewards from your children or from your husband or from the world, you're going to get disappointed. You know what I'm saying? So I try to start my day with just, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and all the other stuff will be added to you. You know what I'm saying? So I try to get my mind right and just spend some time journaling and thinking about the things I'm grateful for that kind of thing and I do that most days so you're basically your self-care routine involves journaling bible reading in the morning and connecting to your sisters and your father yeah because it's like they knew me before I was mama Mm. so also them being able to know who you were who are you who you were outside that title or really who you are Exactly. Well, you know, my kids know who I am, but it's different because, you know, since my mom's not alive, you know, your mama is the person who, like, no matter what, they got something helpful to say. 
they've always been there for you, et cetera, et cetera. So I try to connect with those, those like foundational people. Not saying these people, the people I live with are helpful. They are, and I love them. Right, right. But once my day starts, I'm, I'm, I'm serving them. I'm getting right. food. I'm so this is like your way of keeping something for you. Yeah. And they're kind of like saying, you know, my dad, me, me and my dad, we have a funny relationship, but we, we do get a lot of text. So he'll text me something funny or he'll text me something encouraging or he'll say, it's going to be a great day or maybe you need to get some rest. And that's probably the text I need because I'm pregnant and I shouldn't be doing <laughs> all the stuff I'm It doing. is so important for you to be making sure you get some rest and not just while you're pregnant, but in general. But yes, right now it is so important. <laughs> yeah. So my dad would tell me that. Mm-hmm. He'll tell me like, just like he's being a parent. Right. You know, he's a funny parent. So you have somebody, you spend your whole day pouring into someone else. And so just to have that moment of somebody pouring into you is yeah. very important for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're, so pretty much your only time for yourself is 6 a.m. And do you, do you make it that a, a daily commitment to yourself to rise and give that to you? I do it every day except Saturday. Okay. Saturday. I got this. I'm like really funny theologically, but I think that Saturday is the Sabbath. Okay. So we go to church on Sunday, but Sabbath, you're supposed to rest. This I see it. You're supposed to rest. Church is not rest. You got to get up, get everybody dressed. Everybody got to eat, got to be out of dessert time. Right. It, it's a work day. Yeah. Sunday is a work day. So you rest on Saturday. So I try to rest on Saturday. Just like, um, you know, Jesus died on Good Friday. But no women, they didn't come to anoint his body till Sunday because they took Saturday off. Mm. Everybody's supposed to rest on Saturday. You said I am going to even more so extend my self-care because I am going to allow myself to rest on a day that I see as uh, sacred. Yeah, but not only that, it helps me remember how important it is to read the other days because Saturdays are my worst day emotionally because I didn't start with my Bible. Oh, wow. I know kind of like how um, you you know you need to do something because stuff went crazy the other day. You're like, oh, I shouldn't. Um. So it keeps me remembering that I'm not just reading my Bible because I'm supposed to read it. That it actually has some benefits that trickle into the rest of my day. I'm like, why am I mad at everybody? Why? Why am I rolling my eyes? Why, why am I? And I was like, oh, I didn't read my Bible today. Okay. So it kind of keeps me remembering why I need to do it. So your routines keep you centered. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, Afia. You have really imparted just like so much wisdom in multiple categories. I know we were really focused on homeschooling and vegetarianism, but I think there's pieces of information that was shared um, today that is truly beneficial for all of our listeners all right thanks so much for having me on the pink couch (laughs) oh the one sun three flowers podcast but i'm glad to know you are tuning into the pink couch as well i am i love it i love it (laughs) well thank you again and if you're listening i will put down um some information below if you have any additional questions relating to homeschooling or vegetarianism so that we can pass those questions on to Afia and hopefully she'll be able to be a continual resource 
for that arena of this podcast. Thank you so much, Afia, and you have a great day. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, which is available to you every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you like this podcast, share it, and tell a friend about it. And also continue to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Oh, and while you're at it, don't forget to visit our website, www.onesun3flowers.com. Dot com.